Welcome back to Music is My Medicine. Following the latest COVID lockdown advice, we've recorded this interview remotely. Joining me on the episode is a super talented singer and songwriter, Brooke Bailey. Her music is a blend of pop and R&B, coupled with powerful storytelling and a very distinctive sound. Although Brooke has been through a lot, her songs are positive, empowering and healing. Have a listen to her story now and get inspired. Brooke, thank you so much for dialing in and connecting. Can you tell me how are you coping with the, in quarantine? It must be quite difficult being a musician and uh, living in the new reality. Um, it has been an, an adjustment. And I, I would say at the beginning, I did wonder what am I going to do? But I guess this situation is like pushed people into a DIY um space where we're starting to learn how to do a lot of technical things ourselves and um if you're blessed enough to do so buy the equipment that you need and things like that so that's i've just basically been um reorganizing and readjusting to the to being a diy musician so can you take us back uh to when you started making music uh so i've always i've always loved music and um like growing up I listened to a lot of my mum's music so she liked a lot of 90s R&B like Mary J Blige and SWV Babyface but then um my grandparents had spent a lot of time with them and, and they used to listen to like Frank Sinatra and a lot of country um and then there were the big names like Whitney Houston and um Mariah Carey and them too um they they made me want to sing so I was like singing along to their music from a young age and um I joined a choir at school um and in the choir the teacher like picked up on my I guess I had like a passion that he could see and so he just like pushed me a lot and I, I did a lot of concerts at school um would enter competitions like the talent shows um that were that was really fun was that in yorkshire because originally you are you are from yorkshire and you moved to north london so part of it was in yorkshire so my first talent show was i was like four years old um and that was at school in huddersfield um Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say that was where i began like wanting to do music i came second and i was like over the moon because um I was supposed to be singing with a group of girls um we were supposed to sing the Teletubbies and I was ill the day before our rehearsal so they kicked me out and um oh no (laughs) (laughs) so like I decided I'm gonna sing anyway and I picked the only song I knew word for word which was All Saints um never ever and yeah I came second and that just I, I still remember how happy I was Oh my gosh, that that's like a you know uh, a story from the movie. She picks up her own song, sings, and and comes second. Amazing. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So then I moved to London when I was ten, um, mm-hmm. and joined. Uh, I joined a writers group at school in I think I was in year four, um, because I liked like making up little short stories and poems and stuff. Um, and there was a, a, a creative writing class that was on from, I think it was like 3.30pm until like 4.15 or something. Um, mm-hmm. I did that and then I joined like a choir. I was still doing the talent shows. Um, and then secondary school, like I, I continued um, doing that. And then the Brit school, I found out about that when I was 
12 um, and I applied and I guess from there when I got in like I've not really stopped creating music because um, wow. now it's a really a nice tight community of, of like fellow like-minded people and we just push each other. How, how was the school? Was it tough? Um, it was so I'm naturally quite introverted as a person but as a performer I'm more extroverted so um and in that school like there's a lot of personality so I was quite I was quite shy at times or very reserved um and I don't think I pushed myself as much as I should have um in some senses like I would join competitions but I'd shy away from group um um like when you just kind of improvise so we'd sit around in a group and do like improvisations and and pick a word and like you'd have to sing about that word and then go to the next person and then they'd have to do the same so things like that like I loved being around it but sometimes I didn't in, involve myself because I was quite shy. I know a lot of artists who are actually uh, consider themselves really shy but on the stage they they transform into completely somebody else um and some people find it like as an obstacle that the personality and some people actually embrace it and they think right that's that's me and they they create that um another persona like that alter ego the stage personality that they become uh when when it comes to performances so what what is your process um, I used to, I used to do that. Um, I used to think of like having a, I guess, an alter ego, and like separate myself from my 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 artist self, um, as a coping mechanism. But I've done a lot of like self development and um, just really looking inward at what I'm not comfortable with, um, and now I am comfortable with it, and I don't. I don't feel like I'm a shy person anymore. I just think there's like different elements to people's personality and um and you just put it into your music. What is your um creative process, Brooke? Uh is it like music first or lyrics first? Um usually so it used to be the lyrics first when I was like developing. Um and I realized mm-hmm. like that's kind of a very it's not the greatest process because then you have to put the lyrics to music and then you're trying to fit it and it sometimes doesn't work. So now like I listen to uh, the music or start right from the beginning with the producer and like say what kind of instruments I want, um, what type of like, uh, if it's happy, sad or, you know, mid-tempo. And like mm-hmm. as he's putting the beat together, I'll start, humming different melodies, um, sometimes record the melodies and like listen back to which ones I like and fit them in, together into an arrangement and then add the lyrics, like listen to the, the like the na 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 and think what does it sound like I'm saying or mm-hmm. I feel the concept and start putting the lyrics in. Wow, that's, that's uh, really interesting. That's one process anyway and then the other one is like I might pick up the guitar or play some chords um, and just see what happens. Is uh, the guitar your go-to instrument or some people prefer piano Um, uh, how do you how do you normally come up with those first beats of your new songs? Uh, With the guitar um, it's not my like so my primary instrument is my voice and like mm-hmm. I'm okay on the guitar and I'm okay on the piano 
Um, I'm not the best like player, but it just helps me to 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 be creative sometimes. Um, I never really know what I'm going to play because <laughs> I'm still learning like the theory behind both of the instruments. All I have is all I want. I take things as they come now. That's the fire in my lungs. I both don't destroy. Work through day and night. What's for me is for me. What's for you is for you. You take fruits and you eat them too. I grow fruits and you tear them loose. Cycles. I grow fruits and you pull, pull, pull. Forests will come falling down on the both of us. Hope it don't come falling down on the both of us. When I was um, making research, a deeper research about you, um, I I found something that um, really really hit me. It was the um, uh, tragic event with your sister. Um, yeah. From what I gather, it was also an event that had a huge impact on forming you as a person and as an artist later on. Would you be able to share with us what happened and uh, how what kind of impact it had on your on your life? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, me and my sister, we, you know, you have siblings that sometimes you you might fight with them. You don't get along. Um, but we were thick as thieves. We spent all of our time together. Um, yeah, so I'd say she was like my best friend. And uh, we both loved music. So like uh, from the beginning, um, she was about 12 when she started getting ill. So she had a cold um, mm-hmm. that wouldn't shift. Um, her name's Saffron, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, she so she had a cold that wouldn't shift. Um, she started like losing a lot of weight and not eating her food. Um, but because she was at stage school, so she went to Sylvia Young. She was in her first year. Um, mm-hmm. My dad thought that she might have an eating disorder, so we were a bit worried and like we were making sure that she was eating. Um, sometimes she'd like put her food on my plate. And she was just getting skinnier and skinnier and like this cold was not shifting. Um, but the the doctors like they did all the tests and they said she was fine. Um, they put her on some um, like flu medication, um, but nothing was working. And then I think like a few months had gone by um, and we were going to go to Camden. So we used to go there a lot, like go to Claire's Accessories and just buy bangles and um, just silly things like that and magazines. Um, so, yeah, we were on our way to Camden and we literally like stepped out of our house in Holloway. And we were walking along, like not even 10 steps. And she was out of breath um, and her lips had turned blue. Um, oh. Yeah, so... I was like we need to take you back home like she couldn't really walk so we got back home and um, my mum took her to A&E in the the hospital in Whittington Um, and they put her in um, 
in a room like she had to stay there for a week because they um found that she had pneumonia so that she had like um liquid it was like um is it liquid forming in the lungs oh gosh water forming in the lungs and not shifting um so they were trying to clear it and then after a week passed um she I'd literally left her the day before we watched Honey, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then I went back home. She was like, she didn't want me to go. Uh, she wanted me to spend some more time with her. But um, I, I ended up going home. And that night, my I remember my mum and my aunt, they, were, they came back to the house because they had still been at the hospital. And they just said to me, like, she's gone. Oh and gosh. It was really, really sudden. It was like not something any of us thought would ever happen. Um oh. and the the biopsy came back that she had cancer in her kidney and it's a rare oh. teenage cancer that um can only be detected if you have a full body scan, which is what happens now, but when when she was unwell doctors weren't doing body scans like that um but so it wasn't a common practice or nobody just kind of thought about doing it I think because like she was a young girl and it didn't seem like she had anything wrong the the first thought wouldn't wasn't to give her a body scan because she might have cancer and I guess now like we're a lot more with the with the research that has gone on we're a lot more aware of you know that things might seem one way but they could be another so let's just check like there's a lot more checks now but then there wasn't and that was over 10 years ago now oh gosh yeah. gosh that, that must have been shock for to you absolutely it's honestly like the I guess my because I was it was five days before my 16th birthday oh no I had GCSEs like I didn't I didn't do many of my GCSEs and um I do think like in some senses Brit school was amazing but at that point in time they did they did fail me as a support system so there was nobody to coach you for example how to transform that grief and uh, and pain into creativity that would obviously in a way doesn't solve the problem but can help yeah. uh creative people like yourself to cope uh mentally uh with uh with pain so there was nobody who who helped you to to channel that so i had one therapy session at school and uh i didn't really gel with the um therapist um another friend of mine had to had had to have therapy with her as well and she said the same thing like I think sometimes school counselors they they should be vetted a bit more um and not not one size fits all mm, of course um so yeah I had one I had one experience of therapy and um yeah and after that like I just I floated by for a long time um I did do music and like I had friends and they were looking after me but I definitely I I've done counseling now but I could have done with it then like for a long a long process of it and so could my family like um obviously they were grieving as well so they the best they could do is make sure that I'm you know clothed fed and loved in the way that they knew how at the time 
Yeah, I suppose um, uh, when it comes to mental health, I think only since a few years we are starting slowly to have an open conversation about it. It's still not talked uh, about enough, uh, but I can see signs of uh, of a change um, happening now. Uh, Ten years ago is not that long time ago. Uh, but I, if I look back, I think like I I, can't, I don't recall any conversation on like you know papers or like on the news like talking about people's mental health. It was more of a it was more of a funny subject, wasn't it? People made jokes about it. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. If you have a mental health problem, you are I don't know you are you are a weirdo, you are a freak. And uh, uh, whereas nowadays uh, there is uh, thankfully uh, a more educated dialogue about mental health as a as a part of our health, like. You know, we get a cold and we uh, we have fever sometimes or we have a stomach problem sometimes and nobody questions that. It's it's normal. Like everyone gets ill sometimes. Um, and equally, uh, our our mind, um, our mental health can can be a little bit, you know, uh, um, down sometimes and it needs care uh, and cure sometimes. Um mm-hmm. A specialist to to help to solve the problems until uh, um, um, until they become like not manageable and they become a real problem where you where you have to you know um, reach out for for medications or maybe be sectioned or you know go through like um, you know, more significant uh, and life changing steps to to deal with. I think shame has a big thing to do with it as well so people don't speak up because they're ashamed of their problem and that can then manifest into having mental health problems that would have significantly um became more out of control than they could have been caught early yeah yeah 100% the stigma the stigma is uh is still real um but you know uh when I when I see when I when I look at what um, you're creating now, um, I'd say almost in every song there is a message of um, uh, there are uh, right there are many messages, but in all of them there is that one single element of uh, like listening to yourself and not neglecting uh, the the way you feel and being kind to yourself uh, um, and. Um, uh, accepting your own emotions in a way uh and and i think that's that's really another thing really really needed uh in in music and creativity passing on that message to people every voice is important and like every voice has a stage somewhere so it's like don't don't deny the things that you think and feel like everybody has a we have a right to to voice our feelings and our pain Faster than a lightning bolt Blowing out a cloud of smoke Can't get any louder It's like one of heaven's angels Put me on my back up Got him faded I'm about to black out
how do you feel now as a person, as an artist, and what is your relationship with with your own emotion? Do you feel like you went over the trauma or you you are still processing it, but now in more uh, conscious way? How would you how would you describe the state of mind you are currently at? Um, I I have a very healthy state of mind. Um, I mean, I don't think trauma can ever be um, it it can't ever vanish. It's always gonna be there in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but once once you learn like your triggers and and how to manage yourself when you're feeling a bit stressed out, um, I think it's fine. And for me, like my main thing is to take responsibility for my feelings and and to make sure that I'm not um, reacting because of something that I'm not dealing with like I don't ever want to like give give anybody else um project my issues onto other people so I'm always doing the groundwork always like Mm -hmm. even even when I'm feeling good it's still like you, you just need to make sure like you're always doing it because when it becomes a problem is when you haven't dealt with things step by step Oh, that, that's yeah that's interesting so you have like a some kind of manual nowadays um emotions still happen because we are human we can feel sad sometimes or the the traumas whatever we went through uh it's present it's in our it's in our bio it's there uh yeah. but when it comes back you have now right tools to uh to deal with it yeah like i, I do a lot of reading and i've got like favorite my favorite inspirational speakers um and like forms of like so if I'm feeling stressed I might take a walk and listen to um healing singing bowls like Mm. like that yeah nice (laughs) yeah are there any like um songs or uh other musicians that you listen to uh, in a as a form of um I don't know therapy or like a remedy for that particular emotion that you are going through um, yeah, so there's a song by Gabriella, like back in the day, she sang mm-hmm. uh, Dreams, Dreams Can Come True. Oh, yeah. That's one of my like really happy songs. I love it. It's just such a nice thing to like listen to in the morning. Um, and some instrumentals and Self Love by Shoka and me. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, great song. <laughs> Yeah, and like friends' music in general, like does make me happy. And and now, obviously, with Spotify, you've got happy playlists, so you can just (laughs) literally say, "Hey Siri, play something happy," and then your mood is lifted. Would you say that there are some elements of music that can be your life medicine? Definitely, definitely. I think all all of the music for for myself as an artist, it's life medicine. But I do write for other people, and that's where my extroverted side comes out because I can change into a character that I'm that I'm trying to portray for a different artist. My music is it's too 
create unity in people and joy. Um, and yeah, there will be some topics that are sad, but they're supposed to be sad with healing. Um, mm -hmm. And like with certain events that do go on, I have written a few, like, I guess, activist type songs that I haven't released yet. Um, but mm, it's, it's, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say activist. It's more like um, just being aware of like the world that we live in and the hypocrisy that goes on. But yeah, it's we we definitely live in a time where artists and musicians like we should be responsible for the platform that we have and give messages of of um, healing to the world. Obviously, we are now in a very very strange situation in strange times. Do you have any plans for the nearest future? What are you thinking to do the next coming uh, months? So I'm really getting stuck into my message now, like what the responsibility that I said I have, um, that I like my personal um, just message that I want to give to people. And I just want to like keep developing that process and, and really just getting in inward and creating really authentic music with, um, with friends um and just build build my community that's really my main thing right now um I've just got like a little studio set up so with my writing I want to invite a lot of different artists um to my house and just um do a lot of like collaborating oh that's fantastic I literally can't wait to uh, to hear more of your songs uh, because they are so positive and and honestly Brooke uh, hats off for for being such a lovely warm and positive person despite uh, the challenges that you went through um, you, you've got the talent you've got the message you are trying to help people as well please carry on doing what you're doing thank you um, can you just uh, let, let us know where uh, people can find you uh, online uh, on your, on Instagram and Spotify um, yep yeah, so uh, you just type Brooke Bailey in um, on Spotify all my stuff is there um, I've got a video on there as well my first single louder um and a lyric video for the song i've recently brought out this like a quarantine um and it's called mm -hmm. summertime high so you can find that as well um and instagram like if you want to connect with me the best way to do it is um just dm me on instagram um at brick bailey fantastic thank you so much for uh for being my guest and for sharing your your deep thoughts i'm sure that it's gonna help uh a lot of our listeners thank you so much for honesty and and please please do carry on doing what you're doing thank you so much thank you have a nice day you too thank you brooke you're in my house why can't you wear trousers my neighbor next door came running laughing said rumor has it you made magic with me and now my mind's twisted up to no good wondering if i want you more than i should but we would have been if we were meant to be i get drunk in the summertime 